0: Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Head out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.
1: hot mic hot mic everybody all right hot mic there you go <laughs> and watch out he all does right. We're he up. does post things that are on hot mic that you don't expect <laughs>
2: <laughs> all's fair in a podcast right
1: you got it there's no there's no <laughs> rules i got no rules podcast now <laughs> well, how you doing oh is, we'll you just, see. is it rainy where you are keith
2: are you it is just park? it is just starting and it's it's sounding horrific outside the no, lightning and thunder yeah. it's It got real dark real fast.
1: Yeah, we just lost uh, power and uh, then came back on, fortunately. So, at least for the moment, we're looking good.
2: Well, my laptop is fully charged, so while I might be doing it in the dark, I have committed fully to the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, uh, of course. Thank you
2: for the invitation.
1: Oh, it's it's fun. We've been having a good time with it. And people at least in Lake Forest do view this i can't tell you i've had a number of times on uh, the other day I was walking down the street uh, a couple walking the other day said oh aren't you on the podcast absolutely you know, he is yeah yeah i get yeah. Uh, I, I get uh, i
2: get stopped on the street about it that's that, it's that mm-hmm. good <laughs> well look this, this is just another medium and an opportunity for people to discuss really local issues with people they know locally who yeah. they don't run into and it yeah. sort of clears a little bit of the dumpster fire that social media these days. Yes. Work. And so it, you know, look, people are always looking for reliable sources of information from people who they know. Yeah, Why not? Yeah.
1: This is, we are, we are the media now. I mean, this you know, we've, we've talked about this. Yeah. It used to be Lake Forest had two newspapers, you know, two weekly newspapers. I mean, you, you got stuff all the time. Uh, they would cover the city council meetings. They'd cover the Lake Bluff issues mm-hmm. There's none. I mean, all it is is just as you say the the dumpster fire that is social media. You know, so we we are the uh, we are the media now. There are some people (laughs) who don't like that, by the way. We've had uh, we've been blocked by several people. Well, and that's a shame. Oh wait, hold on. We we get
0: power. Yep.
1: Oh boy. Yeah, we're gonna we we this may be a little rough here today, uh, Pete. At least for the next. Nah,
0: we good. We good. This is part of uh,
1: live
2: TV. (laughs) <laughs> Here, hold on. We just don't know what will happen. I, we're in an age where people don't want to hear certain information. And I, I've always had a problem with that. Yeah. Look, as, yeah. as a lawyer, you know, it's, it's the unknown that is painful, whether it's good facts or bad facts. If you know the facts, you can work with them. It's what you don't know that is that can be yes. really trouble. And by not sharing information, we're just risking sitting in our own corners talking to ourselves.
1: Yeah, which which is what people are obviously. uh, A lot of politics today is exactly that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I I
1: see stuff on, particularly, and you said I'm sure on uh, social media and within Republican groups. Uh, You know, Republicans. We used to like uh, open openness. We used to like uh, knowing what is happening. Uh, We used to like responsible journalism. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good
3: morning. Sorry, I have no power here. So let me. Oh, you are. Yeah, you are powerless. Yeah. No, you're I am powerless. Just, just like being a moderate Republican. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Very... <laughs> Close the door here.
1: Oh, good line.
0: Keith Bryn, welcome to the Lick Force Podcast, my friend. Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Frederick Lesser. How do we know Keith Bryn? Uh, Keith Bryn was the clerk of our circus court in Lake County. Uh, for circus no, or circuit? Oh, circuit. Oh, I'm sorry, circuit. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Keith was the uh, clerk of the court. Um, I've known him for, for many, many years now. Uh, he's been a great guy, and he has now um, had the uh, misfortune or fortune—I'm not sure which—of becoming the Lake County uh, Republican chairman. Uh, now, the way you know, most people don't know—you know, people know the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, but they don't really know how these. Um, entities are, are actually organized and how they actually function. Uh, actually, what it is, is each precinct uh, from the granular level, each local precinct uh, selects a committeeman and that committeeman casts the number of, it goes to a meeting at the after the primary, casts the number of their party's votes that were cast in the last primary in uh, in order to elect then a county chairman. Uh, and the county chairman then goes on and uh, elects the statewide chairman. Uh, all of them, they cast, there's all weighted votes in that you cast the number of votes that you had for your party in the last primary. Am I skipping over the, the
2: township people or I don't think the township What people... did he?
0: What did he just say, Keith? Can you- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here's, a, here's with, with one very minor correction. So um, essentially during every primary, every two years, every precinct can elect a Republican and a Democrat on their respective primary ballots, precinct committeemen. It's an elective office, you have to run for it, but it's only up in the primary. Once those are elected, a certain amount of time after the primary is over each party in that two year cycle has to have a county convention where all the elected precinct committeemen come together. And Rick is correct. They each get to vote for chairman, Whoever is running. You have to be an elected precinct committeeman to run.
1: I had to be correct Um, someday.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, And they get to vote the number of votes they got in their precinct that elected them precinct committeeman. Then the person who gets the most number of weighted votes is the chairman. Now, as to the state part, every congressional district in Illinois has the same thing, a Republican and a Democrat precinct committeeman. For the Republicans, we elect ours at that same county convention. the Democrats, oftentimes, they're actually on the ballot, on the primary ballot, and directed, and elected directly. Either way, then, those representatives are the board of the Illinois party, and they then elect their chairman. I wouldn't know that because I haven't
1: taken a Democratic ballot in uh, some years.
2: Correct, correct. So you're, so uh, right now in Lake County, we've got four congressional districts feeding into us. So we actually have four Illinois state central committeemen that feed into Lake County.
3: And as a former Illinois Republican party employee, I can tell you it's a nightmare trying to count the voting for those state central committee elections. It's just absolutely insane. I think, you know, years ago there was a group wanting to go to direct elections uh, on the Republican uh, side of it, and it was kind of a fringe group. They'll probably get mad when they hear me call them fringe, but um, but you know, from a practical standpoint, it it becomes kind of a, a crazy situation. So um, I can see where maybe they they'd want to go to it, but you know, there's some value in the precinct committeeman system. Now they don't have that in Cook County. In Cook County, there's they don't elect precinct committeemen. It's the only county in the state I've always wondered what would happen if they did. Uh, be kind of an interesting scenario to see that um, are they appointed by they're appointed by the town. Sh- so they in Cook County they elect township committeemen they don't call them chairman they call them committeemen mm-hmm. they elect those in the in the thirty suburban townships of Cook County in the city of Chicago in the fifty wards they elect a ward committeemen in each one, and then they are free to appoint precinct captains but that's you know an appointment thing and there's very few my, my dad was a Republican precinct captain years ago in Niles Township uh, when I was growing up um, and it was a big deal back then and stuff uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find uh, with a few notable exceptions um, of, a, of a couple townships that still have some robust organizations uh, in Cook County you'd be hard-pressed to find precinct captains in Cook County. So that's why I've always wondered what would happen if they were to put that on the ballot. And, th- and that same system applies to the Democrats too. Um, they do the same thing. They elect township committeemen in the, in the suburban townships and award committeemen in the city wards, city of yeah. Chicago wards. But in Lake County, however,
1: uh, we, we elect by on the precinct level and the precinct committeemen then
3: elect above that. Mm-hmm. And yes. we have a township chairman in each township and Correct. what lake forest is mostly in shields township it's actually and i believe five townships yeah, uh, Shields, shields moraine, moraine Deerfield, um yeah, west Deerfield, oh, west, Deerfield. Mm-hmm. west Deerfield, and vernon and libertyville the the yeah, area by Linden. lake forest academy that one it's like the one precinct um where all the people complain about the trains uh mm-hmm. that is um libertyville township so prue byler did win libertyville township in the uh lake forest mayoral election we'll give her that
0: way to go prue
1: there we go now we're back on the the uh, storm has relented for a moment
3: just for everyone's background we record the show on wednesdays and there's a horrible uh storm hitting the area here and I'm without power and apparently Pete is without power because, but Keith, (laughs) you know, we talked, we talked a little bit about the local elections and stuff. And again, thank you for coming on. And, and I just, you know, I want to say, you know, both you and Don Tracy, who is the Illinois Republican party chairman, you guys um, deserve so much credit. And I know you get a lot of grief from people, but that you know, these are unpaid positions being party chairman and stuff. Uh, whether it's at the county level or the state level. And you, you've you got to keep a very diverse group of people together um, to try and win elections. And that's not as easy as it used to be for Republicans in Lake County or in Illinois. Yeah. Um, and that's something I think we want to talk to you about a little bit about is, um, you know, I, I went back and looked through some election history and the last presidential candidate to win Lake County was George W. Bush in 2004. He barely won it. And, um, you know, the last statewide candidate to win uh, Lake County was Leslie Munger, who's from Lake County mm-hmm. in 2016. Um, and in just 10, less than 10 years, I believe, Lake County government has gone from almost all Republican to almost all Democrats. Um, um, even in know, a shorter
2: time period than that, it, it yeah, took it's about really-
3: six yeah. or seven so- years.
1: Yeah, really 2018. Uh I it was 2016 or 2018 Tw- really. 2016 began. 2016 uh, it really uh, uh, switched. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's been and very it kind of mirrors the state.
3: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, if you look back, if you go back to the year 2016, we Illinois had Ooh, a what Republican happened that governor. year that was different.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs> well, let me get to that. Uh Illinois had a Republican governor, a Republican mm-hmm. comptroller Leslie Munger. A majority Republican congressional delegation, the majority of congressmen from Illinois were Republicans in 2016, including Bob Dold, who represented uh, Lake Forest. Uh, I believe Peter Roskam's district also included Mm -hmm. uh, parts of Lake County. And if I'm not mistaken, so did Randy Hultgren. I could be wrong on that one.
2: Both of them um, had a smidge. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. So, um, point being is something did happen in 2016. And I don't want to put you on the spot because I know you've got to represent all Republicans. And, you know, if the primary were held today, Donald Trump would be the Republican presidential nominee. So um, but clearly there has been and I think this predates Donald Trump. I mean, we kind of saw this under George W. Bush. We even saw it back, you know, in in the 90s when, uh, you know, the first Bush and Bob Dole, uh, were the nominees that the national party has has moved more to the right over the years, particularly on social issues. And the types of Republicans that have won both in Illinois and in Lake County, um you know are more fiscal conservatives but social moderates. You know, Mark Kirk, Bob Dole, Judy Barr Topinka at the state Leslie level, Jim Munger. Edgar, yeah. Leslie Munger. Uh, Jim Edgar won every county in the state, including Cook County, when he was reelected in 1994. I can't imagine that happening today. Yeah. So, what, Keith, what's your take on what's happened and how the Republican Party can regain its foothold?
2: So it's a, that is a huge question. So I'll, I'll try to take <laughs> sort of some big topics. You, we can drill down as, as much as you have the stomach for. And by the way, I never mind being put on the spot. The, the biggest advantage I have working for zero dollars in payment with all of my free time is that I think my family and other people in my life would love for me to get sick of this and come back to having some free time in my life. So at any point, <laughs> if it's just not working, uh, I'll go back to being a regular citizen and happily participating there. But um, as sort to of your question, um, I think the slide actually began in the overall kind of the the culture back with Obama, when you you had um, really rough language being thrown around, but it became very personal and very focused using what was emerging at social media. So Obama was wonderful at social media, but back then with Biden, I mean, you look, you take the most milquetoast Republican, Mitt Romney, and there was some really really unfair or rough language by anyone's account. Um, thrown by Biden, put you all back in chain, some really awful stuff getting thrown around. But it was, it was exacerbated by social media where you could run sort of in a very tribal fashion, you could run to the corner that you most agreed with and it began to become amplified. And now we sort of move forward, um, drawing the distinction to what happened now. I don't think Trump, while an enormous factor in any purple suburb across the nation, They tend Those purple suburbs tended to get blue under Trump. But I think he was sort of an end result. I'm not convinced he was literally the cause. I think he was what emerged as a result of everyone already having moved to try to find their champions and yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs and people deciding a long time ago that there was no middle ground. Uh, For example, it happened to the Democratic Party. I don't believe there are any pro-life Democrats left in Congress. There used to be. There are none, as far as I know. I, know. I mean, there might be, but they're certainly in run. What normal. about
3: Mansion in West Virginia? I don't even know if he's pro-life. But... Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't know, but he, he might be an outlier. He might yeah, be. He'd be, he'd be yeah, the one he's definitely them. an outlier yeah. on other things. That's he for does. sure. Right. But I think both parties sort of ran to their corners. And it, it's, it's always been um, that the allowed very small minority in both parties sort of um, eclipsed the middle very much on a lot of issues. And I think the suburbs sort of fell prey to a lot of that stuff. Look, Lake County, the third biggest county in Illinois, is an enormous place. And even the Republican Party has incredibly diverse views. In Highland Park and Deerfield, you're talking about a congressman like uh, Porter or Kirk or Dole, who tend to be more moderate socially, but very fiscally conservative. And then you talk about the West part of the county, more near McHenry, like in Antioch and Grant Township, and others that tend to be even socially very much more conservative. And the Republican Party in Lake County used to have very famous internal battles on who is more platform conservative Republican. But we used to win despite our fight internally. And then we began to lose. And about eight years ago or so, our county board went from super majority Republican to now we're super majority, a uh, minority. And uh, we had lost all of our congressional seats. We were seven to one county wide seats. Now we're 0 and 7, all in a period of about six years. And I really don't think that was so much the fault of the party as it was the general uh, electorate flip. And the Republican Party was just not ready to accommodate those changes because it has always won despite itself.
1: And I, I understand what you're saying. And certainly there are some longer term demographic changes that have okay. played a major role here, no question about it. But you know, 2020, uh, Donald Trump gets 36% of the vote, he was an anchor that pulls down the rest of the Republican Party uh, in Lake County uh, in a way that is just impossible for anybody to overcome. Mike Neerheim, who was a two-term state's attorney, very popular guy, perfectly reasonable guy, doing a good job uh, running for his third term, he got 48, 48%. Uh, he, he was unable, and the rest of, of the candidates, the county-wide candidates, uh, for clerk for uh, uh, recorder of deeds uh, for count, uh, circuit court clerk uh, all went down uh, to defeat uh, and, and really were not even close even though many of these were very good candidates. My God Carlo Wyckoff was our county clerk was doing a great job as the county clerk um, had <laughs> there was no reason in the world for anybody to vote against Carlo Kar- Wyckoff for re-election and yet she lost. And I I don't think this is just demographic changes. Uh, This is a a a political change, uh, an ideological change uh, on the part of the Republican Party that the Republican Party has become well just enamored uh, with this guy Donald Trump to the point where you can't get a word in edgewise uh, outside of that.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's twofold, and I think look in the in the Donald Trump's re-election, the Republicans almost flipped in that election. They almost flipped the house. And it, it wasn't because people weren't running in the same politics as Trump. They were running on the same issues, but you had several areas where in the same congressional district, the people running for Congress would win running on those issues and Trump would lose running the same issues. And I think mm-hmm. his, his brand of politics is, whether you like it or not, tends to be polarizing. He, if you agree with Donald, you really agree with Donald. If you don't agree with Donald, then something about him offends you. And there really is no middle ground for him. He's a fantastic marketer. He really, he's tapped into something, especially in populism, that is unavoidable. The people who are left behind by corporations, by government, look to him as as a champion. And I can see where they would find a champion in him, someone who really wants to fight and says heck with the people who are in charge. We're going to do it our way and get back. And look, I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I I do understand it. And um, at the same time, you're talking about certain election issues that the Democrats have masterfully capitalized on. So, for example, this last election cycle, abortion. Abortion, Mm -hmm. no matter who was elected in Illinois, abortion was never on the ballot in Illinois. We're never going to change our laws in Illinois. Illinois, if anything, is going to keep doubling down to make it easier to have abortions in Illinois. Didn't matter if we elected the governor. There's a supermajority in the legislature. They would just override the veto. It didn't matter. But the Democrats used that, the fear of that, to capitalize Justice Burke, as uh, as Rick undoubtedly is aware. Justice Burke is a sitting Supreme Court justice who, by the law, by the ethics of the Judicial Inquiry Board, hasn't had an opinion publicly on abortion like every judge for probably decades since he's been on the bench. They're not allowed to have those opinions. And I saw commercials that said, pro-life supporters support mm-hmm. Justice Burke. Do we really yeah. need this pro-lifer on the bench? Yeah, Just yeah, stoking yeah. fear. And it was politically masterful. It was disingenuous, but it worked. And I think that Rick, that combination mm-hmm. of the, we're not comfortable as suburban suburbanites with the language that Trump is putting out there, along with the fear that the Democrat Party stoked was a really rough combination for Republicans. I,
1: I, I will tell you, I think there's a lot of truth in what you say, but on the other hand, um, part of it is Trump's method uh, and style uh, has been to be as offensive to people who aren't already in his camp uh, as possible. Uh, and that has really hurt, I think, with independence. Uh, now we have, we're with the point now, who Republicans, uh, 25% of Americans uh, identify as Republicans, 27% identify as Democrats, uh, and the vast majority call themselves independents, uh, in, in, I think in large measure, because they can't stand either of the two. Uh, it used to be for many years uh, in the 60s and, and, and the 70s, uh, the Republican and Democratic Party tried to get to the center in order to win the majority, which w- would be the sensible way in terms of how to Win the majority. You want to. You want to get those independents. Uh, now, uh, Trump, in particular, uh, is, wants nothing to do with independents. Wants nothing to do with uh, uh, people who are not already believers uh, in parts of his base. Uh, and the result has been very bad for the Republican Party na- nationwide over the course of the last six years, um, and particularly bad here in Lake
2: County. It's, it's definitely been um, a masterclass in politics, but, but I think you're right. Trump sort of runs on my team or you're on the other side. Mm-hmm. You're, there's right. no middle ground. Mm-hmm. There's no, you're either part of team Trump or you're not. Um, and so, but he's not the only one. Keep in mind, look, mm-hmm. you look at the Democrat side, Bernie Sanders, an avowed yep. mm-hmm. socialist for 40 years. And suddenly he emerged and it was, he didn't change anything to run to the middle it was team Bernie, you were with Bernie or you weren't with Bernie. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, if the Democrats hadn't finagled their own primary, mm-hmm. um, I'm not convinced he wouldn't have won or shouldn't have won that primary against Hillary. Um, the Clintons have always been masters at at politics, certainly structural and, and literal, but look, Bernie had a movement, Trump is a movement and you're sort of on board with the movement or you're not on board with the movement, yeah. I know plenty of people in Lake County who can honestly say that they believe in the in the policies and issues that Trump espouses. Um, I'm certainly one of them. Yeah, I, 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 I am as well. I, I, I have to admit. Yeah. I mean, when he when Trump he talks
3: policy. about when he talks about things like tax cuts, I mean, Ronald Reagan was the champion of tax cuts. Yeah. And, and yeah. we all love yeah. Ronald Reagan.
1: Hey, having a border. Um, I mean, having
3: right. some, some stability. Yeah. I think he did, you know, uh, the thing with some of the stuff with China. I think that the Chinese government, you know, unfortunately, I think he said some things in a way that came across as being may have come across to some people as being anti-Asian. But the truth is, the Chinese government is 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 horribly oppressive and is threatening the world right now. And, And actually, the people hurt most by the Chinese government are the are the citizens of China. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. who uh, really, you know, are are really oppressed. But and and it frustrated me that we saw presidents from both parties, quite frankly, you know, kissing up to China mm-hmm. over the years when we really probably should have gotten tough with them. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, bringing this back to Lake Forest and, and the Lake Forest podcast, because this, you know, we nas- you can find national political we discussions everywhere. Liberal, yes. as, as much as I've seen, you know, the party, the Republican Party losing, Uh, lately here in the area, there is some, some signs that, you know, I'd like to point out and maybe we can talk about, uh, for the upcoming election, Mm -hmm. um, in 2020, the same day Donald Trump lost, uh, big time, uh, the J.B. Pritzker, Mike Madigan tax hike, Mm -hmm. uh, referendum that was on the ballot lost statewide by, I think, 10 points. It got clobbered in Lake Forest and in Lake County. Using the Lake Forest mayoral election, uh, you know, you talked about Mike Neirheim a minute ago, Rick, and how he barely lost. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that brought down Weidler's candidacy was when it came out that she had given; she was the only, literally the only resident of the Lake Forest that had given money to Kim Fox. It came out that her daughter-in-law had worked for Kim Fox. Uh, she also gave money to uh, the, uh, er- Eric Reinhardt as well. So and a million dollars to Democrats in general. But I think those two things, I think, you know, with, so my point taxes and crime, I think, are two very, very big issues going in. And and particularly, you know, next year, there's no statewide election in Illinois next year, uh, which I believe is the first time since 2000 that that's worked out. There's no governor election, no U.S. Senate election. Now, obviously, the presidential elections on the ballot, but. Let's be honest with ourselves. Illinois is not a swing state. If a Republican has a chance of winning Illinois, it's because he or she is winning 40 other states. So, you know, presidential election. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, presidential. I think the last Republican to win Illinois was Bush. Bush senior in 1988 against Michael Dukakis. But um, the Mm -hmm. very worthwhile is Eric Reinhardt. Uh, Eric
1: Reinhardt is running for reelection. Uh, yes. In Lake County, he is the Lake County state's attorney for anybody who does not know. Uh, he has been a um, uh, advocate uh, for uh, safe this the new safety reform bail act uh, and a variety of, uh, frankly, um, what are what many of us view as soft on crime uh, positions. Uh, Keith, this should be one position uh, that the Republicans should have a good shot to win in Lake County.
2: Eric is vulnerable, but the politics of Lake County, look, we, Lake County's turned into a blue county. There's a reality. And by the time people get down ballot to a countywide office, yes, the political junkies in all of us see every office as important as the rest. And like, as Rick knows, the judges are last. Sometimes they're the most important races. Yes. So sadly, by the time people get down to countywide, a lot of times they vote party bias and the results are, are pretty consistent between the offices. But Eric is vulnerable. He was one of two state's attorneys who supported the Safety Act, the, the enactment of this no-cash bail. Um, Kim Fox, was the other one out of Cook County, She decided wisely, yeah. despite the fact that a Democrat could get elected with nothing more than a name and a ballot, it must have been really rough because she decided not to run again. But Eric yeah. is going to run again. And he's decided to double down on the politics. He loves the Safety Act. The Illinois Supreme Court just... Uh, just upheld elements of the Safety Act, the stuff that would have been crucial, the no-ash-bail portions of it, um, based on a very flexible reading of the Illinois Constitution, and somehow Democrats deferring to the power of the legislature for once, ever. Um, <laughs> but that being said, he also has doubled down in his announcement and said he made it political. Like his re-election announcement, he said he's going to make sure, for example, that and I'm paraphrasing, that he's not going to work with other state's attorneys who have various political beliefs and we're not quite sure with abortion or whatever else that he's just not going to work with those offices. He's taken this political thing to a whole new level. Mike Nierheim and others before him, didn't matter what party you were from, when you were elected after running under the banner of Republican or Democrat, you did your job as a state's attorney. You kept the politics out and you did your job. Mm -hmm. Eric is literally double downing, doubling down on the political aspects of it. And it's it's, quite frankly, it's disgusting. Um, I was circuit court clerk. Didn't matter who came into my office for any reason at all or whether Congressman Dold during my tenure called or Congressman Schneider, who is a Democrat, who, who, who ended up succeeding him, called or anyone else. You did your job as court clerk. And that's what we expect of our countywide officials. And Eric is just he's the only one left. And I think the the way he wins this is that all of the super progressive come into his aid. The Soros money starts coming in. He's the only one left in Illinois even the Will County Democrat state attorney was spearheading getting rid of this safety act. And literally he's the only one left, but look, it's not gonna be easy, but he's definitely vulnerable.
1: Are we gonna have a primary um, uh, fight uh, in the Republican party to run against him?
2: I don't know. So I, I'm taking a little bit of a different tack. While I'm not encouraging primary fights, I'm not telling people not to run. If there are known primary fights, the party will not be endorsing. We're going to treat everyone equally. We're going to let the voters of whatever district decide who they want to carry their banner, and we'll support that person. Um, you know, I'm not going to supplant my own perspective for all 700 plus thousand people in Lake County. You're going to have ultimately 300 thousand people voting, or or a lot more, close to 400 thousand in this election in the general. I want the banner carrier to represent the Republican Party as the people who voted, not just me, or the or the board. So. I don't know of a primary right now, but if we have one, I'm going to sit down with all of them and try to do my best to encourage them not to keep it, to keep it away from being personal, stick mm-hmm. to issue, remember to keep your eye on the prize, support them as a party with resources equally as best we can, and whoever wins, take them over the finish line. May, may I ask some questions? Of course. Joe, you so your power is your on. We better take advantage <laughs> of it.
0: I am the Donald Trump of Lake Forest. Uh, just ask anybody that's transparent in town. What percentage of the people do you think actually know what we're talking about that are listening to this podcast?
2: Not knowing your audience? I can't be certain, but I will I tell you. just say no in general. You just
0: don't stand <laughs> yeah. out on the street.
2: Uh, I, I think in the, the man on the street kind of a thing. I yeah. think like maybe one in 10 have some inkling of that. Look, this is like anything. when you When you dig into films, I watch a film and I see stuff blow up and I laugh and I have a good time with the film. And then there are film buffs who talk about captioning and and stage and lighting. And I'm like, what in the world? That's where we are.
0: Again, it's marketing. You have to break up a routine. You have to get yeah. people to pay attention. And in a democratic state, first of all, on the totem pole of knowing what's going on in politics in town, I am at the very bottom. I'm at knee level. But here's what I think is going on. Just a guy on the street. You're in a Democratic state, and the people that hold jobs, state jobs, they're Democrats. They have a vested interest to keep their jobs, so they're very passionate about getting the votes in, right? There's two reasons why people don't buy. They don't understand the offer, or they're not sufficiently disturbed. Mm -hmm. On the Republican side, you can be passionate, but going out in a thunderstorm to do a vote uh, for your passion, you're not going to go out as much as you're going to do to cover your job. How do we correct that situation? People not understanding the offer. I've gone to a couple of these Republican uh, events, and no offense to anybody. I'm a Republican as anybody, I think. But you have blowhards yelling at blowhards, okay? There's almost like you need another another term uh, for, for a Republican. Call it something else. Another term for a Democrat, wherever you are in the political stakes, is your identity. And there is no either or. It's very hard to get people to see both sides. How do we educate people of one in 10? Okay. Know what we're talking about. Anything above one in 10 is good. How do we market the information out there? Because I'm scratching my head. We did a show during all this Prue Bidler and the mayor thing back on St. Patrick's day. I was in Florida. I'm reading a DeSantis book. I'm going through Florida and like, you know, flags everywhere. Everything's great and DeSantis is, can't come close to Trump. And if you don't go with Trump, then, then then we're fragmented in a state where the Democrats hold the jobs that can go out there and recruit other voters. That's how the guy in the street sees it. How can we, like, peel away at that thing to make some inroads of this? I'll hang up a list for my answer.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for the question, Pete. Uh, now, it's if- You know, you speak a lot of truth to it. You have to capture people's imaginations and their attention in one or two lines. And you've got to give them something that is meaningful to them. Talking about trade policy and other kinds of stuff and the latest Supreme Court case on standing and voting rights in Alabama, in Illinois, people hear their eyes just glaze over and whatever. I, I don't care. This is not meaningful in my life. Um, And in the suburbs in particular, what really captured people's imaginations was the were the outrage they felt when um, Trump came on and was very polarizing one way or another in the suburbs. And that was clear from all six of the collar counties up here. Um, And also there was a fear aspect. Look, in talking with my wife and in others, they were overly concerned with abortion rights and it being taken away without even understanding that there was no chance in Illinois of those rights being taken away. So the fear of that captured their imagination and they wanted to make sure that they handled it. That became a top of the line issue for them. It as was was, uh, referenced before with the tax issue that was defeated on the ballot uh, a few years back. People that was really heavily marketed and people really understood how it was gonna affect their bottom line and their family finances. So they were able to understand that and internalize it, and it turned into votes one way or another, actually, to defeat it. Um, It's a tough question, Pete, and it's messaging is a big part of it. It also is how often you're seeing the messaging. You know, you can walk around Lake Forest and ask people their opinions of certain economic issues or other things. I'm guessing 75% of people's opinions are gonna be from what them and their friends talk about and what they hear in social media and see on TV and other things. And they're just going to reflect that because people don't have time to dig into the literature, read the Wall Street Journal and everything else. They don't listen to C-SPAN debate. Which timer wants to do that? Because I thought. So Well, the
0: issue is they want to see Trump lose more than they want to see a Republican win, right? So yeah, yeah and DeSantis, is, no. he
2: can't hold a, a candle to him. Why, why is that? Yeah. You know, it's, he can't, he and, can't get and, started. I mean, it's no, no traction. Well, what I think what people are finding out is, so DeSantis nearly lost two cycles ago against, I think the guy's name was uh, Gilliam. He almost lost. It was a very, very close election for governor. And his re-election, he overwhelmingly won. But I think a lot of that is due to the fact that his policies during COVID and his actions regarding COVID were very successful. So he had a lot of Democrats voting for him. Yes. There's nothing that will get you votes more than demonstrable success then people don't care about your policies. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't care what you say or think. Just do it. But I don't know that a lot of people really know DeSantis. Uh, I personally don't know him. I've heard him in some speeches. I Donald Trump has- Read the book. It's a good yeah,
0: book. It's a good guy. You know, but yeah. still.
2: So yeah, then you
0: see Trump and you got to, you know, you deal with the mean tweets and the soccer moms don't like that. And hmm. that-, that they hate him, and then you get another round of the Obamas. And
1: he, he yeah. they hate him, and he pokes at them. Oh, um, yes, poking he does. At them. Yes, yes, he does. But
2: you know we what?
3: people like that, yeah. we, we well, do, His we, polls go up every time he gets indicted. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah.
2: yes. Now, that's that's a really, that is a fascinating thing. Because if I'm, I don't know that that would have happened if the New York prosecution indictment hadn't happened. Because even Democrats, um, lawyers across the country looked at the new york thing and said what are you doing yeah this is just silly which sort of fed into you know there's nothing worse than a conspiracy theorist who's right once because once they're right once Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. everything's on the table and when Mm -hmm. donald said this is a garbage prosecution and everyone said oh it was a garbage prosecution now he has an argument and and so uh, look Donald is, I think, in a lot of ways, his, his manner of being is a little bit no different than a lot of, um, and I don't mean this in a comedic way, but comedians who say tough things, and we all laugh, and we keep we follow that, we want to like what they're saying, we, we keep going with the comedians, and we enjoy the show, even if some of the things they're saying are sometimes a little bit rough and edgy, as comedians should be, speaking the truth on that very edge. Once people are into Donald and they sort of are with that and they're flowing in that ocean and they're flowing in that momentum, you sort of start liking the snipes he's taken and the poke the bear and you chuckle mm. along with him and you find out you're really having a pretty good time with mm. Trump, and then you're in. Mm. And he he is able, he has been able to do this his entire career. Yeah, he has that marketing, masterful <laughs> marketing kind of circus barker, kind of draw you in way. And he injects things with humor, and you it's not hard to see why people get sucked into his rhetoric.
3: Even when he wins, the party loses.
2: I yeah, mean, that, that's, that's my that.
3: take. Yeah, that, that's. He, I, I wish... he has no, he has done nothing to build the Republican Party, and I'm not saying he doesn't 20, want right. the Republican 2016,
1: Party. 2016, Republicans control the House, the Senate, uh, and the presidency. Now. The, 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 now they got the now house we bad, just barely. the house got the house barely it's bad, barely. Yeah, Donald, Donald, for oh, okay, the pretty... bad result. Okay, that's Donald federal. Be... Can, can we get back? Yeah, let's, let's can, we, can we, yeah, uh, keep, do you mind if we go back? to yeah, Lake yeah. County? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, w- I would like to Please. talk for a minute if I could, uh, or ask Keith about uh, a his counterpart, uh, as the Democratic um, Lake County chairman for many years, uh, fellow state senator Terry Link. Uh, who is ahead by the way mm-hmm. uh, i i realize that joe and uh, pete may not uh, know him very well because uh, oh he, i know who he is he's been less yeah been <laughs> uh, but terry link i know all about terry much, link he was Prue very Viler much gave him money uh, by the way yeah he was very much part of uh, <laughs> politics in lake forest uh for many years mm-hmm. uh he's had a major local role here uh he was really in many ways uh, the guy who was riding the um, uh, uh, the horse that got the Democrats from complete nowhere uh, to complete dominance uh, in Lake County, uh, and now he has been, uh, I believe, indicted for tax fraud, uh, mm-hmm. and is looking at. Uh, he has res- uh, he has resigned, I think, as state senator. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Uh, oh yeah. He's long gone. And,
1: you know, this is yeah. you know, the the
3: rise and fall of Terry Link is a local story. He uh, testified it, it, in it's... the uh, Madigan ComEd trial.
2: Yeah, yes. so so bat, so Terry Link was the uh, since 1996, I think he was in that Senate spot. He was there for a very, very, very long time, and this is back when Democrats really couldn't win very much in Lake County. It's sort of the the reverse right now of the situation we find ourselves. Uh, and he also had a counterpart, Lauren Beth Gash, who was a, a state rep at one point and ran against Mark Kirk for various things, um, sort of very old school politics. I don't know that Lake County's success, I would necessarily put at the foot of Terry Link as much as uh, I I think I'd put it more at the foot of Lauren Beth Gash, who ultimately has turned into the the Lake County chair, uh, Democrat chair now. She started the 10th congressional organization in opposite of, 10th of Dems. Lake County. Right. Yeah. in Lake County organization um, and started just really doing the best guerrilla marketing with networking, electronics and newsletters. And she has kept it up and her list. And she has been uh, really almost the definition of what you do politically to, to scratch and claw your way up as a as a in a, as a party and then take advantage of a change in the environment to, to capitalize on it. She really has been early. Voting. Been very successful. So you, you
1: got on top of early but,
2: voting. And vote
1: by mail. Oh,
2: everything. And their lists oh, are right enormous. Yeah. their lists are enormous. But the Republicans but, turned up their nose at it. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. No, I thought of it. Was. Well, because again, we were winning despite ourselves. We didn't have to do any of that. You know, we we got fat and happy in the luxury of winning without a lot of effort because they were Republicans. And when we lost, we couldn't figure out how to deal with things. Whereas they were clawing their way up and started winning, and they just kept the the car going. It really. I will tip my hat to to Lauren Beth Gash certainly on that, um, yep. but it's to Terry Link. So he resigned in about 2020. Um, we a number of people had suspected the way he was acting and with the rumors that he was probably mic'd up for something, and of course he was. And the the feds had him involved with uh, the Louis Arroyo bribery issue, where he was, I believe, mic'd up, and he has he's uh, pled guilty to now Terry Link to to those tax charges, and he's due to be sentenced shortly, but he was mic'd up in exchange for, I think, some leniency on his own case. And of course, we've seen what happened to Arroyo on the bribery, but Terry hasn't been around since 2020. And then shortly thereafter, I believe, resigned his chair spot with the Democratic Party. So,
1: why Why, yeah. can't, why, why can't the Lake County Republicans uh, make better Hey, out of the level of corruption that the Democratic Party uh, incessantly uh, spews out, uh, including including Link, I mean, yeah, and you know, Mike, Mike Madigan. Why, why, why is this yeah. not a number one
2: thing that we're talking <laughs> no, about? No, it's extraordinary. It re- you know what? It's it's amazing. The Democrats yeah. are able to, as a party message, every hardcore Democrat carries the water when a Republican stumbles on a crack in the sidewalk. Yeah, but for a decade or more we've been saying, we've been running against Madigan as a party, and it never worked. Yeah. And I don't believe it ever worked because Republicans, at their at, at their essence, don't get energized by people they can't vote for or against. And unless you were in Mike Madigan's little world in his district, or you were in the legislature, no other Republican in the state gets to vote for or against Mike Madigan. So it was like a mythological figure that, that Republicans were never never able to internalize. We have then we have Alderman Burke. Then we have, we have a whole slew. of Rod oh my Lugoyevich. god! There's, there's, I mean, the, the list of Democratic, Democratic state yes.
1: senators, state reps, uh, Chicago aldermen, various uh, yes. suburban officials who have been convicted and are yes. in jail is a huge list. And yet,
2: so that, I never see the Republican Party campaigning no.
1: on this issue. Well, other we, than, we yeah, other than Madigan. Mike Madigan, yeah,
2: we tried with Madigan for years and years. Yeah. I, I think it is. My, where I'm at now, without any scientific evidence, so I'm giving you an absolute political guess. You're on the right it's, show. It's twofold. The first is that Republicans in general tend to vote on a, they, they find themselves to be a little bit more principled in their vote. So even Republicans will vote for certain candidates and they will sit out voting against Republican candidates, despite the fact that they know by doing so, the Democrat will win in order to keep their principles solid and their their morality sound to themselves. Republicans will sit things out. On the the other side of the coin, Democrats stand for not Republican. So if there's a Republican in the ballot, Democrats will get together and vote for the Democrat and against the Republican because God forbid, Republican wins. That's all that matters to a chunk of the Democratic Party. We just don't operate like that. So that's why Madigan. Can I I give an example, guys?
0: And you guys are gonna get really pissed, but I'm gonna do it. (laughs) Congress, okay, Schneider, and then you had Severino. You guys all don't like Severino. What did why can't we get on the same page with who we want to run up against, Schneider? And what did Severino do wrong that everybody's so pissed at him? You want me to save you and
2: answer it for you, Keith? You know, I uh, look, I I'm I'm as chairman, I'm I'm uh, you certainly can chime in, but look Look, Joe he's been he on said, the show twice, never done anything
0: wrong to me. So I got no beef. So I push um so I'm Joe, I'm looking for somebody to change my mind.
2: Yeah, Joe is uh Joe's colorful. Um he colorful. He has colorful. He has, he has uh you give me Pete's
0: speak, Joe. Here you say colorful, you give the political speak, and
2: Joe, you give me Pete's <laughs> He is a.
3: Joe sort of Severino rebuked. is colorful. I'm yeah, bland
2: Joe and warm. So he sort <laughs> of rebuked the more traditional way of, of campaigning. And he does a little bit more on social media and others. And he's he's taken on a little mantle of Trump. He's not afraid to insult other Republicans uh, and try to call them out. Including so you. Like, yep. Inc- including me. Inclu- <laughs> I, have been, I have been the target been the target. And Dan Rogers. Jokes, and Dan yep. Rogers and Richard Porter and others. So I join a, a fine uh, crowd. Yeah. Uh, that being said,
3: Probably me now.
2: Joe, Joe, has, uh, Joe has said he's running in the primary. And look, I wish him luck. He underperformed in the last election cycle, even versus the district. So I hope he can um, find a way to get his views a little more uh, clearly relayed to the voters so they can, Which they can really take a look at his candidacy. What's that? What Republican overperformed? Well, it wasn't so much that he any overperformed. A couple of did, but he significantly underperformed. Like, I think he lost by about 30 points in a plus 14 district. Who would have That's, done better? Uh, well, Bob Dole, I think, would have done better. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we both immediately Mark had Kirk. an answer. <laughs> Mark, yeah, there, I think there, there are lots of people. But that being said, there's so many what ifs in who would have done better. You never know. I mean, um, Schneider ran on being absolutely harmless and vanilla. I and mean, I think that was some of his campaign commercials of yep. the – I'm, his not his right. yeah. I'm not a part of the circuit. I'm not a part of the circuit. If you want stability, Miss, Mister, and Miss Suburban, vote for me. Well, and that might...
3: that
2: yeah, and that. Well, might... and, he,
3: that... and look, I, I'm I'm no fan of Brad Schneider, but he has you know when you compare him to like Jan Schakowsky or the Squad, you know AOC mm-hmm. and that crowd that hates Israel. Yeah, Schneider don't look so bad compared to that. Oh yeah, I he's, mean he's still he's terrible.
2: Yeah, look, and but by the way, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. So I'm throwing I'm
0: throwing out Severino because look, yeah. us Facebook old guys, Republicans, just see the sniping going back and forth, and I'm like, well, what? <laughs> if he's underperforming, yeah. he's the tallest midget, and he went out there. Why can't there <laughs> be, Why can't there be somebody better to 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 put out there? I don't. Well, think that's a good well, question. I, the reason is because well, there, I think of, there it, is, it, is someone running mission. from
3: Lake Forest that's yeah. going to run in the primary against him. But well, I, that'll be another I show, I guess. Dead secret.
2: Well, I've been, I, I always wait for candidates to announce themselves. I don't want to get yeah, ahead, of, will, ahead of anything. We'll but, wait. So yeah. I've, I've heard that there's potentially other people in this primary, but look at the end of the day, it's, it's a tough race. Uh, You're going to have to raise a lot of money to be competitive in a plus 14 or so district where, where the current Congressman doesn't do anything to cause problems. And when you avoid the spotlight and you have all the name recognition and you have a, a little bit of a war chest and you can campaign as the the most most vanilla guy, the calming factor in a circus of a national election. That's not a bad recipe for getting reelected in this kind of a district. So my my hat's off to him. I think he's running the right way. And I hope that if Joe runs, uh, of course, no one's filed anything, but if Joe runs, that he retools his message or whatever he needs to do, because I'd like to beat Brad. I don't think Brad's a bad person. I just don't agree philosophically with which... With what he does for the most part, but hmm. I would love to see a Republican in that Spends seat. What's that?
0: Spends our money. That's sorry. I'll edit yeah, that out. although
2: you okay, know he's, he's it,
3: horrible on fiscal issues. Horrible. Yeah, horrible although, on fiscal issues.
2: Although under Trump, I think there were plenty. There's plenty of blame to go around to some of the Republicans who felt it necessary to run up the deficit on just about everything too. You yeah, uh, could so, say that about Bush too. I mean, yeah, there are uh, look, yeah. there are once people go to D.C. Somehow they forgot some of their pledges, and I think that. Well, sort of and part of that well, that
3: Paul Ryan tax increase deal with yeah. Obama did kind of led to Trump because a lot of the base was very upset with Paul Ryan and some of the establishment repo- yes. Republicans. Though my definition of an establishment Republican is some is a Republican who's won, um, but you know they they were very upset, and I, I was upset with the the compromise they made after the twenty fourteen election with Obama that increased uh, federal taxes.
2: Well, and so, I think some of the um, some of the some of the stuff where people go to DC and then their values are compromised and they vote for these mixed bills, that led again to the rise of someone like Trump who didn't have yeah. to listen to those politicians who could come in and say, I'm gonna do this. And darn it, he tried to do it. And literally the Republican Party, I mean, how many times does your own party set up an anti you in their wing? to try to block you and blend in with everybody else in D.C. And that's exactly what happened. So people see him as a fighter who keeps his word. And I think that's missing in politics now.
0: Politics only matter when it affects you. And we're trying to get granular here on the local level to get people to care. Because as Joe says, the federal election doesn't mean anything to us, but the local ones do. We have a caucus picking all of our people. So, quote unquote, politics don't come into play. How can we get people involved to, ma- to make a difference in the Republican Party?
2: Here's what we're doing, because I don't know the answer to that. Politics, essentially, is you're asking people to volunteer their precious time and their treasure to do something that may not result in a win for them. Not an investment that necessarily will yield any fruit. And in Illinois, especially, we're not even border up here. We're bright blue, so it's a little bit rough. Um, We are rebranding the Republican Party. Um, Now, we haven't talked about this, I guess. I'm not going to let the cat fully out of the bag, but you are all some of the first to know that in in the next few months, we decided that we had to give the Republican Party a sense of meaning that wasn't defined by the Democrats or the media or the Democrats. They're the people who define who the Republican Party is. And we are always on our heels trying to explain why we are not homophobes, why we don't hate women and all these other horrible things. And once you start explaining things, you've lost. So we are going to go back to rebranding us, back to our core principles, individual primacy over the government, of the nature of community and the importance of safety and of, of trust in your government in in a way that it does things that it has to do, and it doesn't get involved in people's lives. And it lets people be involved in their own kids' lives, in school, and the importance of family and that level of of, um, individual existence and freedom in the US. We've forgotten about that. We don't talk enough about that. And we think that if we start with that rebranding, that people will remember why it's important that the philosophy of the Republican party be supported. And once we have their attention there, then hopefully we can introduce them to some good candidates that aren't taken from like the homeless shelter. That aren't we don't find out right before the election that they have 54 children by 43 different people. And I mean, I think we might be the only four people in America, who, who, yeah, who, who aren't, who aren't Herschel Walker's kids.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, how, how is it that right before the election they're figuring this out? So we need to we need to do better in our candidates. We need to make sure that they. They, they understand the, the slings and arrows that are gonna come at them and that they message their issues in a way that relates to people understanding and not too high of a level, not over people's heads. And we give people a real choice. There's some data that, that um, uh, Core Strategies actually is a, a consulting group, but they put together some macro data on Illinois and found out some interesting things. They really wanted to understand the nature of the body politic in Illinois. Is it worthwhile to stick around in Illinois? Can Republicans win? And what they discovered was, of the three groups, the, the conservative, uh, progressive, or the middle, the independent, where do people, regardless of how they vote, where did they identify themselves? And the first biggest group, as you can imagine, were the independents. But the second biggest group was actually the conservatives. And what it, and why they they followed up with, okay, well, depending on why you voted your way, why did you vote for the other party if you voted that way? Mm-hmm. And they said, I didn't like the candidates, so I sort of went, eh, I'll just vote for the status quo. That means it's on up. The message is correct. People want government to set the rules, keep everything fair, and get out of the way. Do what they got to do and be done. We have to get good candidates who who can, who understand this and can relate to people.
0: Heath, how can uh, the Republicans piggyback off of the Bud Light debacle by just saying we're not
2: woke? Or Is that too Trumpish? No, it's. I mean, it's not too Trumpish. Here, I don't think we take necessarily that. Here's what we stress: we stress that we believe that parents have a right to be involved in their kids' lives. That that Title IX and women's sports were created for a reason. I've got two daughters. If someone in in one of my daughters' high school classes, some big football player who plays with my brother on the high school team, suddenly decides that they feel like they're going through issues and that they would like to identify as a woman and suddenly went against my daughter on the volleyball team. I've seen videos of how awful this turns out. That's not fair, that's not. I mean, scientifically it's not fair, politically it's not fair and it guts the whole idea of having separate sports, for example, but I think people relate to that. They, when you encompass things in words like woke and other things, people have their own ideas of what that means. I think we have to get down to specific examples. I want parents involved in their kids' lives on school boards. The school boards work for the parents and the voters of the district, not for themselves. Get the parents involved. People get that.
0: Okay, what's anti-woke? It's thinking for yourself. Don't let they dictate what you do. That's all. Independent thinking. It's not that hard to market. Bud Light is just mm-hmm. getting crushed from that.
2: Yes. Well, Bud Light forgot who its audience was. You know, yeah. you can- the you Republicans. Can, you well, it, more than beer else, it's, drinkers, yeah, beer drinkers,
1: people <laughs> and, who and they also forgot that they have the worst product out there. I mean, yes, yeah. Well, it is, get, you know, what, Bud Light what took the place? Beer.
3: What took the place of Bud Light? As well, the top, as the yeah, Rick, Medella, Rick and Joe, Rick and Joe Modelo, Rick and which Joe is owned by Anheuser Busch,
2: yes. but it's yes. owned by Anheuser Busch, the same yes. company. <laughs> Bud Light forgot that it is, it there are substitutes available for the product, if there are no substitutes available for your product. You can sort, you have a certain amount of power in the marketplace that is not interchangeable. If it is interchangeable, then you have to be very careful of who your market is. Because if you piss them off, they're going to go somewhere else. I mean, it's basic economic theory and Bud Light marketing just, they try to keep it under the radar. They try to keep it quiet, but they forgot who their market was. And then their market said, you know what? I don't stand for this. I'm going to go to the shelf right over there and buy this Roughly the same kind of beer at the same price. And I'm not going back.
3: Do you think the culture wars? I I, I understand from a marketing yep. standpoint, a product like Bud Light, or now you're seeing the stuff with the Jason Aldean song and everything, yep. and that gives us all feel goods and likes on social media amongst our conservative friends and stuff. But you know, getting back to winning elections. Mm -hmm. Does the culture wars thing really get us to uh, 51% of the vote? Because I I think part of DeSantis' struggles right now are a lot of people are saying, you know, I don't know if he'd do any better in a general election than Trump if he's going to waste his time taking on Disney, which is the largest tourism uh, source of revenue for the state of Florida. I think the bread and butter for the GOP and the thing that that virtually every Republican can agree on uh, taxes and crime and it also is the the two issues that i think appeals to the most swing voters which by the way the jason Aldean song has is is about crime basically so i think that's actually a good a good example of where people don't like seeing people robbing to to liquor stores or giving the, giving, to the <laughs> giving the finger to mm-hmm. um, you know cops and stuff like that i mean that's just unacceptable like you know yep. going back to the lake forest mayoral election i mean i think mm-hmm. You know, that the support of Kim Fox by by someone in Lake Forest was was proved to be politically fatal. You, in order you, to be good at marketing,
0: you have to be able to say what you have you a, role. In a yeah. couple sentences, and I don't see any Republicans being able to concise it down to two seconds because you guys blab so damn much. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> you know what? So, so, Pete, yes, that's messaging. If it takes more than two sentences, you lose. People's eyes glaze over. They just don't care. But if the culture worth Joe... I think that is a winner in a lot of ways. Crime is seriously important crime to people is a good one.
1: Yeah. because that Absolutely. is totally
2: that is a that is a matter that you know my my kids. I've got a 19 year old and a 17 year old and a 14 year old. Well, when we were 19, we might be going downtown in downtown Chicago in a group. I yeah, I did. I, yeah. There's a lot of trepidation now on that kind of stuff, whether it's real or just perceived. There is that trepidation, and crime is a big impact. Crime is big. Now if to support the blue, you're getting very local. In the city of Chicago, which is not Lake Forest, Lake Forest will see, well, we support our blue, we're okay. Now in Chicago, they might not, that's somewhere else. Highland Park does the same thing. So it's not necessarily local impact. Now, if it were on the ballot in Lake Forest, that would have a local impact. So the culture issue is when you tell someone, I want you to be involved in your kids' education and what they learn, that is meaningful to them. If you say to people, I want you to have control over your life, taxes, it's important because it comes right out of your wallet. Crime, Mm -hmm. crime is awful. We got to deal with it in certain ways. This is making it worse and worse. People can envision how that might impact them. So it's important if we take the culture issues and break it down to how it relates to the individual, Then we find a way to connect with people, and that is how much. How much
1: do you think the likability of the candidate matters? I mean, like we we had on uh, our our favorite, uh, the podcast's favorite Democrat, um, Holly Kim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Holly is just a really likable person,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, you know. And she's going to be on. uh, Is she on the ballot this
2: time? I think she is, isn't she? No, no, no. She's just one reelection. Not her year. Yeah. No, she just won. Um, so Holly, Holly, from I believe she's from and She was a trustee. Holly is a very good campaigner. She is everywhere. Yeah. And somehow... Lost mayor by how many votes? Yeah, well, it's, it's largely Five. an administrative office. And um, so people sort of ignore the job the treasurer does. I don't think David Stolman, when she beat David Stolman, it wasn't because people thought he was doing a garbage job. He was no. doing a good job. No, um, it was fine. I'm not even sure people really know, in essence, except dealing with money, what the treasurer's job really is, or yeah. any of the countywide. It's only when they screw up. Now, Holly's got some issues that she's dealt with, so mm-hmm. she's had some. She double billed for um, property taxes a number of years ago, and a lot of these things get glossed over.
1: Yeah, she missed the. Uh, she missed the payment. She missed the bond yeah, payment.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, and that's a big thing. That's a but huge it, but thing. The, but the voters for forgave that because. She's charming. Well, not only the voters give it uh, forgave it, but the papers didn't really go into it. So look, we're in a if it was a Republican-slanted county, she would have gotten hammered. But she is a very good campaigner. She is she is very likable. Um, I've met her several times. I never walked away with a with a bad experience a, after having met her. She's she's a very likable person and she knows yeah. how to campaign. Well, she came out. And of the
3: she worked, she worked at one time for Dole.
2: Yeah, she's She's everywhere. And she, she's actually not afraid, which is very interesting. She's not afraid to, to support some middle-of-the-road Republicans. She's not afraid. She sort of runs her own thing. And so there. I think she's a combination of someone who could probably stay in that office for, for a long time as the county-state Democrat if she continues the way she's going. She's going to be very tough to beat.
1: I bet she runs for a higher office. Uh, uh, she's. Well, uh,
3: I wish she'd run against Sandy Hart. I mean that 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 uh, person's got. Uh, she's got to go, but that's. Not yeah, the show. I,
2: I think I think you're right, Rick. And I think the <laughs> advantage of being in a in a four year office is that you can run in yes. the interim years and not give up your office. Unlike state rep, which is always on the ballot, you have to give right. up your office to run.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a great opportunity if you're in a four or six year office to run for something else without giving it up. And um, I don't know what she has to lose. She, she won pretty convincingly, and she's a good campaigner. She's gonna be tough to beat. He's transparent but on the
3: crime issue. On the crime issue, yeah. There's you know there's been stuff here in Lake County. Bring it back to that state's attorney's race, which I think is going to be the marquee race for you guys, uh, for us I next too, year. Very everyone, I, I agree, um, yeah. there is forget about what's going on in Chicago. As hard as it is to forget. There's stuff happening that's happened here in Lake County. There was a carjacking in Libertyville of a pregnant woman Mm -hmm. with the toddler in the back and the toddler got thrown onto the street in Waukegan and almost got run over. Thank God it all worked out, but still it could have turned out a lot worse. And And then there was a a, a four-year-old killed uh, by uh, the mother's boyfriend because she spilled uh, juice on 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 the guy's Xbox or something. And, only got like a a a relatively light sentence for that i mean these are things that if mike Nierheim or whoever hopefully is the republican nominee um for state's attorney would never have allowed never have seen because that carjacking those guys if you look closely had had gotten nailed for some earlier offenses that should have put them in jail and kept them off the street i mean this is This is serious stuff. And it, it happened in Libertyville. It, sure, it certainly could happen in Lake Forest or anywhere in Lake County, these types of things. Um, and and Reinhardt has not done his job. I call him Kim Fox Jr. He doesn't have the baggage of the Jesse Smollett stuff like, like Kim Fox does. But on policy, he's exactly the same as Kim Fox.
2: Yes. And I think the Safety Act is again, a double down on this. And you're gonna see, I think, just like in New York and in other places that have tried this cashless bail kind of a thing more locally, you're gonna see people who, after the fact, people are gonna ask after they've committed a crime and they're gonna say, well, this person was out on cashless bail or whatever else after being alleged to have done X, Y, and Z. And people will say, why was that person out on the street? And Eric, again, is the only state attorney left in Illinois who is for this cashless bail system, as it's written up in the Safety Act, um, yes. and he doubled down on it. He's going to have a lot of explaining to do. I We are going to make sure that our candidates are aware of the issues, and hopefully they have a message to put forth. But as a party, we're also going to speak out as well. Our job as a party, the success of our party is whether we can get good candidates elected under the yeah. Republican I,
1: I'm hearing that uh, Mary Lou Cole uh, may announce for state's attorney on the Republican
2: side. So she, is, she has been one of the names that has been out there. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I haven't heard if she's the only one, but um, the rumors tell me that um, she's all in. So look, I've, I've met her a couple of times. She is very much in the model of, of the likability of sort of Holly Kim as well very 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 likable very charming uh very very honest you can tell she's not trying to to BS you mm-hmm. that she's just telling you from her own experience um where she believes the office is falling down and where it can go um i'd be very excited if she would run to be quite honest i think she would be a new face for the republican party yes and i'm most excited about that win or lose i want to see faces i don't recognize coming to the party to give us some new life and some new ideas.
3: Uh, Keith, if, if someone watching this podcast wants to get involved in the Republican Party, says, you know, I really want to help elect Republicans, what should they do?
2: They can email me. They can, I'll, I'm happy to give my cell phone out. I'm happy to give my email out. I'm happy to do whatever it takes. We have a lot of precinct committee. We got to rebuild the infrastructure of the party. I'm willing to take, I'm greedy enough to take whatever time people believe they have, whether it's an hour a week, an hour a month, or a couple of days. We need to rebuild everything we're doing. Now is the time to rebuild because the petition season will start probably after Labor Day. And that's when you really are getting into the 2024 election season. And I'm also willing to listen to any ideas people have. No idea to me, as far-fetched as people might think their ideas might be, um, I'm willing to sit down and listen to every one of them, and I'm happy to incorporate ideas we haven't tried before because quite frankly, we again are in the position that Lauren Beth Gash and the Democrat Party were in ten or fifteen years ago where they had to claw their way at the top. The reality is, we are not doing well in winning seats, so we have to win these seats back, so i'm I'm willing to listen um, to some new ideas. when so, When is
1: the primary? when is the twenty twenty four primary? The, 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 you know, the, the Democrats of Springfield have moved this the, the data yeah. around so many I different times, depending on whatever's good for them.
2: What yeah, where, where is in, it now? It's back in March, I believe. Back in, okay. uh, it's back in March. So we don't have the official packets yet from any of the county clerks. I think the judicial subcircuits are sort of holding that up as they figure that out. But generally, the petition season will start after Labor Day, and you can circulate to about Thanksgiving, and uh, right after Thanksgiving or so, to about the... 1st of December is the filing period or so, roughly. And then um, by the middle of December, you'll know who's gonna pretty much be on the ballot. We're also looking for some good candidates. I don't care if it's a first-time run for anything. We're gonna do what we can to make sure that people are, receive training on how to be good candidates and have the benefit of some of the institutional knowledge that I think we've lost over the last six or eight years. We're bringing people back in. Bob Churchill, Lewis Savas, a number of others who have been in office to success or run political campaigns who sort of found that maybe they weren't so welcome in the Republican Party, we're welcoming them all back. That's how you win elections. They know how to shake hands in the absence of social media before the media, social media dumpster fire. They know how to talk to voters. And I think we have to learn how to do that. And we're willing to invest the resources in training our candidates on how to do it. Yeah. Look, my personal philosophy is, I don't even care if someone's a Democrat. If I can sit down with them and convince them to vote for any one of the Republican candidates, it's a good conversation to have. I'm not gonna call them out as to why they're a Democrat and other things, it's a start. We we miss talking about issues with people and not um, ascribing some kind of personal animus or deciding that they're just evil because they don't agree with us. It doesn't matter to me what you believe in. Give me an opportunity to try to talk to you and I'm happy and then just participate in the process Great, we'll have more conversation. We'll get you there.
0: And we say all this and people just want to they'll only read the negative headlines. Yep.
2: Well, those are more fun. Those are way right. more we're fun. just
0: wired that way. That's how our brains it's, are.
2: It's clickbait. It's it's really it's extraordinary yeah, it's clickbait. clickbait. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So what's your website, email, phone number, all that stuff so they can get a hold of you, Keith?
2: My cell number is seven seven three-three one five one three eight zero. And they can always get me at K-B-R-I-N. At ameritech.net and for those under the age of 30 that used to be a company (laughs) Uh,
3: i was about to say that's that's older than aol as as i move
2: my aol (laughs) coaster over that's right right. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, copy sir and take a look for our rebranding in the next couple of months
3: and the township organizations too um get involved in those right i mean you know like we said earlier there's five townships here but shields is the biggest one and i know dan rogers is doing a lot of stuff to energize re-energize the shields township GOP with um, I've, I've been to a couple of their um, uh, meetings and stuff and our friend Philippe uh, uh, Malin who's been on this show uh, is involved in some of that so um, uh, that's something to to see and hopefully work with as well right maybe we have Dan on a future show
2: yep. so that's maybe, one of the things uh, where uh, uh, one yeah. of the things we're trying to do is instead of a a Lake County organization that dictates sort of policy for everyone at the top, I'm sort of pushing everything over to the local township organization. So, because look, I live in Highland park, but even next door in Lake forest, I don't know how to get someone elected in Lake forest as as good as for example, Rick does or either of you two. So why would I think of that for the rest of the County? So I rely on people like Dan Rogers and let me give you a shout out to Dan Rogers. I'm glad you brought it up. Dan was taking an organization that was just, sort of, um, was just sort of floating in the ocean and he has absolutely supercharged the organization. It has a full complement of precinct committee men, they're working with data, they're actively looking to improve things and get messages out to voters, and they're actually building their ranks in a way that I think has even surprised Dan. In a lot of ways, I think if you tell people you're still here and what you stand for, there are a lot of Republicans in Lake County who have sort of written off the party as non-existent. That's what I want them to hear with our rebranding and with people like Dan Rogers. We're still here and here's what we stand for. And Dan is a perfect example of how a township organization has just flourished in less than six months. He is back to full bore and is just absolutely killing it and pushing the township forward. So I'm, I'm thankful for Dan and I'm really proud of him. You say Dan is a, a plus for the marketing? End
0: of
3: things. Well, he's we a, he's dare. a bit of social, he's a social conservative, let's say that. Yeah. So, but he is, you know, good. he grew up in Lake Bluff. He went to Lake yeah. Forest High School. Yeah. He's he's, a, a he's lived guy. his whole life pretty much in this community. I mean, Successful I think he went to school with Eric Gus Yeah. Um, so yeah. you know, he is um, yeah, he is. If his personal Facebook posts, you can see he's rather socially conservative. Um, but yeah, I mean, but the nuts, I always view these party offices, whether it's your job, Keith, or, or, or Dan's job or Don Tracy's job at the state level, it's really more nuts and bolts than ideology. It's building infrastructure and, and whoever gets nominated in that primary can then use that infrastructure because we all know the Democrats certainly have an infrastructure to their party. It's a well-oiled machine, as Pete said, with a lot, there's still Mm -hmm. a lot of patronage out there. Uh, with those mm-hmm. with those jobs i can testify to that firsthand uh at the state level that there's still a lot of democratic precinct captains and precinct committee men out there working those, for the state yes. of illinois um and cook county and lake i don't know about lake county but um it's alive and well yeah yeah it's yeah it's alive and well and and if anyone thinks cuz Madigan is out the changed, <laughs> you're oh. sadly mistaken <laughs> oh, no. so but yeah thanks this has been great i chairman thank you so much i i really I thank think you you've for shed a lot me. of light I'm on this. Thank
2: you. Thank, thank you. For thank you all for having me. I appreciate it very much. The Lake
0: Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Joseph Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealestate.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havey. Check them out at Havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C, and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, broad stop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.